Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, Ooh, a Star good. Trek con- So smooth. Yeah. Why'd you interrupt me? I'm sorry, because we were We impressed. were too impressed. Do it again. It's podcast over. Hmm? I don't know if I can. To a star to steer her by, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin, and with me are Jake. Oh, Jiminy, fuck me! The opposite of smooth. Oh Christ! That was some crunchy uh, peanut butter. The hell's my name, Chris? Oh God, what's the hell's his name? Uh, it's not Ames, because that's my name. And we're here for episode two ninety five. Uh, maybe. Well, because you're yeah you're four. That sounds Ooh, right. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Four is Ken. Four is Ken. Jesus. God damn it. I'm not keeping that. God. In. Damn it. You can keep, like, swearing at Jake. That's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, why he said it, I'm not We've right. just started the podcast, and Ames has already had enough. So, it's going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> Speaking of interesting episodes, well, eh. This week, uh, we're discussing two more episodes from Star Trek The Voyager. This time, it's, does that say Riddles or Riddler or Riddles? Riddles. Riddles. So, Riddles and Dragon's Teeth. Yeah. Now, it may surprise you to know that I did pay attention to this week's episode, so I So think... you could do the intro, well, or... yes, that, yes. Are you trying to do that in general? In general, in general. <laughs> but yes. And then, after we had watched Riddles, because we watched Riddles Friday, and then we watched Dragon's Teeth Saturday, and Chris was like, oh my god, I just remembered, you're, you, I'm so sorry, you have to intro this week, and I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I mean, <laughs> Amos told me last week, I know. Anyway, in Riddles... Tuvok and Neelix are hanging out in, uh, what the fuck is the it Delta called? Flyer. The Delta Flyer. And, uh, Neelix is annoying the shit out of Tuvok like he does. So Tuvok goes into another room and is playing around with his scanner and he gets the shit shocked out of him. He's in a coma. Neelix is like, fuck, Mayday, Re- Voyager, back to help. <laughs> and they- <laughs> so they bring him back to Voyager. He's in a coma for a minute. He eventually comes out of it, but we get a little... Chris said this while we were watching the show, and I feel like it's the best way to put it. It's like we got a reverse Flowers for Algernon happening here because we go from super smart, super logical, super Tuvok to not talking to barely talking to like, I like the way the tricorder goes. (laughs) My cat's breath smells like cat food. Yeah, Yeah, he basically becomes, what's his name, Ralph Wiggum? Yes. Great. Um, but not really. He's just like, he's a Vulcan without all of, without the Vulcan's burden. He doesn't care about... The Vulcan's burden. That's good. Without, that could be a novel series. It's like, he doesn't have to worry about logic. He's having fun. He's enjoying things. He even likes Neelix. Shit, that's how you know something's wrong. He's like, Neelix is my best friend. Let's make desserts. So with uh, with their Tuvok down, obviously the Voyager is like, we need to figure out what the hell happened. They had just recently been doing some negotiating with a group of people called uh, the Beneth. The nope. Cassette. Oh, the Cassette. There it is. Okay, sorry. The Beneth are the other people. So the reason why Neelix and Tuvok were out in the Delta Flyer is because they were doing some negotiating negotiating with the cassette, and uh, they were on their way home when they were attacked. So they go back and find their buddy Narok, Narok, who is one of the cassette, and he's like, they're like, hey, uh, do you know anything about why we were attacked? And Narok is basically like a Bigfoot hunter. Yeah, it was Chris definitely the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> boogeyman. <laughs> 
that episode of The Simpsons. And he's like, well, let me tell you about these beneath species. They're um, xenophobic and they attack people, but they're kind of just a myth. We've never really seen them. Uh, so maybe it was them? Which sounds like a really thin excuse for like his own people to have attacked and then be like, oh, no, it must have been this made up creature. But... Kel's surprise, it was in fact the Beneth. Um, the Voyager crew is able to, I don't know, Seven of Nine does some magic and they're able to like see them. They kind of look like big space bugs. With tentacles. With like amoeba arms. They're mm-hmm. gross. I didn't really like it. But I anyway, always knew they'd be, not multipods, what did he call oh, them? Uh, oh, multipeds? Multipeds, Multipeds, it was something, something like that. And basically, I always knew they'd have shitloads of arms. And they are like, okay, well, we really need to figure out a way to communicate with them. And the best way to do that is to find out, like, their cloaking frequency. We're pretty sure that Tuvok was checking that out when he got zapped. If only we could get him to tell us about it. But, of course, Tuvok is just kind of, like, in Happy Land playing tic-tac-toe or some shit. And he can't explain it in words, but he is able to draw it on a cake, which is all they need. And they're able to make a connection to the Beneth so that they can talk to them and figure out how to fix their Tuvok. But Tuvok has this moment where Caitlin started crying a lot when he was like, but like, we won't be friends like we are now. And I just want to have fun. And I have to be a dick again. And Neelix is like, yeah, but I'm a good friend. So you should do it. And uh, sure enough, after the, after the surgery or whatever is complete, Tuvok is back to his logical, douchey self, but he does make a goofy pun in an answer to a riddle that Neelix had posed at the beginning of the episode, so maybe there's still a little bit of fun Tuvok bouncing around inside that head after all. He can tolerate Neelix for like a minute longer than than before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the development we get. You notice that every time we do something to make Tuvok cooler... It gets reversed by the end of the episode. Like what one else? Like Tuvix? Like Tuvix. <laughs> I was sort of thinking the same thing. I mean, and he is, and Neelix were getting along great in that episode. I was going to say, <laughs> say, like, this is like, uh, this is like Tuvix without the weird body horror. Mm. Oh, gosh. I, I was... Oh, good. I kind of, yeah, I kind of wish that they even brought that up, but Voyager tends not to bring things up again. Because yeah. that's how, that's how episodic television well, works. Also, Janeway has made it illegal to speak the word... Almost certain. Yeah. Tuvix on board the ship, so she doesn't have to remember that she committed a fucking... I don't even know what Actually, that, that is. Actually, that's what happened Murder. to the rest, oh, yeah. the rest of the crew of the Equinox, is they were like, huh, I, I, I heard somebody mention, what, what's a Tuvix Murder. airlock? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so we see, like, the Neelix-Tuvok bond, because, you know, I think the writers know that, you know, the straight man, joke man pairing often works when you're writing. Ethan Phillips and Tim Russ are very cute together. And, you know, they kind of almost brought out the, they were the same guy once. And we never talk about that, and do they remember any of it. But there's a little of that in there, and just that they ha- they do have this bond. And I don't know. If, if I were ever in some kind of situation where I needed to be, like, cared for, I'd want it to be by Neelix, because he's really freaking good at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it was actually very, very sweet, this whole episode long, of watching how Neelix handles things better than anybody else on the ship. Like, yep. he stands in for the dock. He says, hang on, Doc, let me try something. And he does a very good, like, little, like, look, look, it's the it's the tricorder. It doesn't hurt you. See, I lose it to myself. Doesn't like, hurt me. Doesn't it's what you do either. when there's, like, a kid in the dentist's office or something. Yeah. Well, even the fucking Janeway biffing it. You know, the first time they're talking to Tuvok when he regains speech capability, 
He's like, we're gonna go easy on him, don't worry. And then they're both over his shoulder, like, grilling him. Mm. And, like, she eventually reels in the Bigfoot hunter, but even she at first is like, it's like, okay, what the fuck, you crazy bastard. Yeah, and he definitely, like, the 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 way Tim Russ portrayed it was very much like a child. Yeah, which um, makes sense, because he's lost... Yeah. All his knowledge. Um, At the beginning, it's like a child. It kind of develops into a new thing. Which I, but is I, nice. yes. I feel like even through, like, yeah, it's 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 almost like he's going through stages of child development, childhood development, because, like, by the time he's up to the point where he eventually goes under the procedure and he turns back into regular Tuvok, he seems to me like like sort of a, like a... Rebellious teenager. Yeah, phase. like a, like a preteen teenager, um... And I feel you know, like I feel like he starts, you know, he starts out nonverbal, just very skittish and, and intimidated by things, and sees Neelix as almost a parental figure and someone yeah. that can can protect him. Uh, that's why I think that's why Neelix was able to like, oh look, the thing's not going to hurt you, and that's why he he was okay with it. But even like I got to give Tim Russ a lot of props for how he did the uh, the acting. Yeah, you know, it was per- performance. Yeah, this is a whole new character, essentially. Yeah. Well, because I was sitting there, I was thinking, like, because I, I either never seen this one or just completely forgot it. And I was just like, ooh, there is going to be a very delicate line to walk here. Because it would be very easy to fall into a bad parody of mental disability. But I think, like Jake said, I think he did much better just coming off as a kid. Yeah. Which is appropriate in the way to do it. And again, that's interesting because I, I I looked at this from an entirely different point of view, and I think it's because in in my family there there's been uh, family members who've had dementia, yeah. who have had strokes, who have had to like come back from just fucking brain shit. Yeah, the brain is a horrifying organ. It truly is because it can it can go wrong, but also it can come back in the weirdest fucking ways. We still barely understand it exactly yeah like i don't want to go too personal with some of these stories because i don't want like to get too personal on the podcast but seeing how tim russ portrayed this it looked like someone in a home for dementia at first okay and watching him struggling to remember things struggling to to create words like having glimmers of memories and, and bringing them out and then slowly advancing from that, like, it, it hit home with me really hard, sure. and I ended up really appreciating this episode from that point of view, because watching, like, you know, ha- having had a background in, in this kind of thing, it's it's what I saw, and it's, you look at it, and you're like, how the fuck do you come back from, from this? Yeah, I was kind of wondering how it looked with regards to that, but wanted to let you bring it up if well, you wanted no. to, so I wasn't going to ask, but since you brought it up. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to bring that up because I thought it was a very important part of this episode because I didn't yeah. really see the, you know, Lenny from Of Mice and Men or... Yeah, no, neither did I. What's his, what's his name from... Charlie. Flowers, yeah, Charlie from Flowers for mm-hmm. Algernon. I saw someone coming back from, like, a stroke. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, and that's things. I think he never did do, like, a bad, like... Yeah. Mental handicap. The only flowers for Algernon part is like when at the end he's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to go back to being what I was. Hmm. It's just different because like Charlie doesn't want to go back to like not being able to pursue knowledge, and Tuvok doesn't want to go back to not being able to pursue happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I wish they had done a little differently in this episode is instead of making it feel like they forced this on him, like in Tuvix. Mm. Oh dear God, is to if. 
if they had made it Tuvok's decision more than something they kind of coerced, not really coerced him, but kind of like very heavily urged him to. Listen, Janeway has made important medical decisions for people before, and she absolutely was going to do it again if she had to. Yeah, Yeah, letting letting Neelix kind of talk him into it in a kinder way. Janeway's like, I have a great chance here to murder him again. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I I think the thing that, you know, going back to what you were saying, Chris, about like portraying it, like they could have very easily have gone the direction of the Packleds. Oh, no. (laughs) With something like this and just made Tuvok seem stupid. Yeah. But by portraying it more as like a reverting to like a, a blank slate, you know, like yeah. like a child, like a childlike state. It's I sort think of like a was a good choice. It, it was a better written version of what happened when Nomad White Duhora. Oh God, good point. Yeah, yeah, true. I also felt like there were aspects of like just any sort of recovery that requires any kind of uh, rehabilitation. You know, there's those moments of just like. It would be easier to give up, you know. Yeah. So probably with any kind of, you know, even a physical rehab, sometimes it's like, why am I bothering? Yeah, like Fuck I always, it. I always love like the montages they show in movies and TV when someone's like doing the the learning to walk thing is one you see an awful lot. Oh, yeah. You see them on like the the railing corridor, yep. learning to put weight on their legs and stuff like that. And it's the same thing that we saw from Tuvok. Like you get angry that you're not capable of the things you used to be capable of. Yeah. And, you know, we saw that in the Tuvok scene where he gets angry and, and, and Neelix is like, okay, this is, this is not what I signed up for. Jesus Christ. But yeah, like, that was very accurate. Yeah. I like that apparently you can fuck up a cal toe badly enough that it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> Who designed that? Oh, Vulcans. Seems a little logical. Yeah. So, so I th- obviously, like, the Tuvok's recovery thing, I feel like that was sort of the A plot. The B plot was hunting down the aliens. Yeah. And, like, eh. So I gotta say, like like you said, Caitlin, it felt like it was just gonna be a cover for the, you know, the people. Oh, having done it, because he was like this invisible the, the race. Your government pretends to. Okay, buddy, sure. It's like, oh, oh, God, no, he was right. The, the crazy guy was right. He's I was gonna also, make so much money back at home. Well, see, I, what I appreciated about him, though, after all that, was just like he was just so happy to be proven right. He's like, you can have my technology. That was a weird turn for me because he was kind of dickish all episode long, like treating poor Tuvok as he's re- rehabilitating, like he's got like the answer right under the servers when he doesn't yet. Yeah, well, I think, it, but it still to me kind of makes sense because it was just that it was dickish because he was just so laser focused on his goal and then he got it, you know, it's like they exist and suddenly he's just like, oh, I, huh, I can, you know, go back to building model cars or whatever it is I did before I became obsessed with Bigfoot. <laughs> Or I can find some. I can get obsessed about the space Loch Ness monster now. Uh, I didn't see any of that in the episode because all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, Baneth, scary creatures who kill people sometimes. You can have my technology, and I'll just go home empty-handed. It didn't seem like where his character was. He took going. a couple Polaroids. Yeah, he wasn't empty-handed. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like uh, <laughs> it's kind of like um, what was it? We actually, I made a crack about Futurama when we were talking about it earlier. The uh, the Bigfoot hunter. Park Ranger, Park okay. Ranger Park, the Park Ranger, actually, where they finally find Bigfoot and he's gonna kill him. And they're like, no! And, you know, Lur is gonna squish him, so he doesn't. But he does take a few hairs and runs off with them. But yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a turn, but I think, at the, you know, 
I, I was I was kind of glad. I was like, ah, it's good that you did the right thing in the end. It didn't turn out to be a complete prick. You'd just been not thinking earlier. So, like, while we were watching this, I had never seen this episode, and I was like, obviously they're gonna fix Tuvok by the end of this, right? And Chris is like, yeah, I mean, clearly. But then I was thinking, like, wouldn't it have been interesting, like, in a, wouldn't that be a novel idea for television, if he, in fact, never went back to being the original Tuvok and became... Nuvok. Nuvok. Ah. Like, is there any examples in television that either any of you can think of where a character undergoes this kind of thing and becomes a totally different character. Uh, Dax. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> Bewitched. That also doesn't count. Um, seven of nine. Actually, I mean, I guess Doctor Who. Even though they're all technically the same person, the personality of each version is different. I guess that's true. Yeah, but those are different Act, literally Shows. different act, different actors besides this is the same actor i don't know anyway i it was obvious that it wasn't going to happen and like i don't think yeah i, mean, I, I wouldn't just... have wanted it to happen necessarily but i do kind of like the idea of like what if you did have a show where suddenly a character who has been one way the whole time undergoes something and becomes a different character yeah. actually i can sort of think of one example though speaking of um Speaking as we were of recovery from strokes, there was an actress in the show The Waltons, which my mother used to watch a shitload, so that's why I know this. And one of the actresses actually had a stroke. So in the show, the character had a stroke, and she just... I mean... They just worked with it. After that... Yeah. I mean, after that, she was just... She was still the grandma character, but they were working within, like, what she could I really appreciate that... They did not just kill the character. That was yeah, or recast it or something. Yeah, that, yeah. that's I feel like kinda, that's what they would do. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good of them. I wonder if there was like a, I wonder if they were just that kind, or if there was like a cast rebellion, and they were like, "Don't you fucking dare!" Don't you dare! This woman literally just had a stroke. Yeah. Anyway, so that's huh. also like the cynical side of that could be the producers are like, "Oh, we're gonna get such good ratings if, if mm, we have maybe because like I'm sure it was newsworthy that the that the actress." was sick so yeah. probably probably but i mean whatever yeah, Cyn- yeah. cynicism or not still kind of but that's like really the only that's the only thing i can mm. think of immediately but yeah it would have been interesting too especially if he like continued to grow over the course of the remaining season and even by the end was still was back at tactical but was still like enjoying fun it. to rock yeah <laughs> Yeah, especially kept baking. I wish he kept baking. Yeah, his des- his desserts apparently were astounding. Yeah. Oh, they I sounded good. I want them all. They looked good. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was my thing. Was I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if? Mm. Yeah, which is why I kind of almost wish because I know like yes, if you're gonna ask anyone to, uh, to go ask New uh, Nuvok, god damn my life, <laughs> to go ask Tuvok to to undergo the new treatment, it should be Neelix because he's got the tenderest touch. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but I almost, once you start tugging on his beard hairs, yeah. whiskers, whiskers, that's it. But I kind of wish when Tuvok said, I don't want to, I like who I am now, for Neelix to say, and we'll talk about this in the next episode too, for him to say, you're right. If you want to be who you are, if you want to find that, you know, find meaning in, in your, your new self, in your new journey for, for exploring your identity, who the fuck are we to tell you no? No. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish he had said that, and then for, like, some 
thing that you really badly need a really good security officer for, for him to realize you need you need Super Tuvok, don't you? Okay, I'll do it. You're right, that actually would have been interesting where if, like, in a couple episodes there was some dire threat and he was like, okay, I'm going to, like... <laughs> you keep I mean, saying in a couple episodes, like, they do serial things. No, no, I know they don't, but I mean, like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice? I mean, they could have even... We'll give Tim done it, done it, in, do. done it within this episode. If like, if you know, I know that they they got the cloaking frequency from him off the cake, which is ridiculous, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked delicious. It did look delicious. <laughs> um, it was mint, mint peptide icing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the tastiest you know, frequency been, I've ever had. <laughs> if there had been some challenge that only Tuvok could have solved right but he could have only solved it as original Tuvok yeah a riddle you know like okay we're stuck between a rock and a hard place with these crazy aliens and the only person who could like solve this would be Tuvok actually Um, um seven of nine brings up a good like is this a riddle here's our theme of the week is riddles and she says how do you find a cloaked vessel it's a good riddle Mm. and I kept expecting there to be an actual like riddle like answer to that Mm. Except that there was just you have to go ask Tuvok what the frequency is. Mm. That's not a good answer for a riddle, guys. What's Damn the frequency, it. Tuvix? Tuvok. <laughs> Damn it! I was about to make that joke. Were you really? But here's the actual answer. Here's here's my riddle, my riddly answer to you know how do you find a cloaked vessel? You find where they're not. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Like if they had done, I feel like I've seen this in like other media of some things like. Someone's invisible. You have to figure out where they are. So you flood the room with like va- water vapor and see where the you shape said is. Something like that. Oh, I said put down flour so you can see their tracks. Yeah. Is what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fire phasers wildly in all directions. <laughs> just, also that. Just do. <laughs> oh God! With, with the deflector dish. You want to take that again? I mean, that, that's what oh no, I meant to do the cough. That's what they. Oh, it yes. sounded like you were dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, kind of what they did, right? They used a deflector. Yes, yeah. Do. But I, I think, yeah, I, like to do like disperse a field, but they mm. go that, in, go into a nebula where you can see the yeah. distortions of something, something. Yeah, because the issue was they they had the deflector trick, but they had to find them first to sort of expose them, and it was a whole thing. Yeah, it could have been more rid- like if if this episode is called riddles, you need a more riddly answer to these things. Mm. Yeah, so, I guess that's true. There weren't nearly enough riddles for an episode called riddles. No. Yeah. Speaking of riddles. Yeah, you have a good riddle for us? No. Damn it. How was a raven like a writing desk? So apparently, Neelix and Tuvok are polyglots. Because these riddles don't work otherwise. Oh, Mm. that's a good point. Yeah, that's the thing about riddles, is so many of them are just puns. puns. Like... I know we've talked before about like, especially you know, with with. Oh, you have to like worship the sun. No, it's one, it's it's one of those it's one of those galactic mysteries that in every single culture the first day of the week is also the name of a dessert, mm. and the word ah. for dates is also a little fruit Snack. thing. Yep. But yeah, a little fruit thing. <laughs> but yeah, because um, you know, because because New Trek has sort of canonized the idea that. Even on a Starfleet vessel, not everyone's necessarily speaking basic or... Right, what, yeah. What do they, they call it? Standard or basic in Prodigy? Common? English. No, wait, is common... God, I don't remember what I they think, said. No, they must have said standard because basic is basic Star is Wars. Basic is Star Wars. Speak American, damn it. Yeah, oh. so they're not all necessarily speaking the same language. But, and as Caitlin pointed out, actually, it seems like maybe Neelix has learned Vulcan? 
Because the Universal Translator doesn't work on a paper book, which he said he was going to read to Tuvok from. Oh yeah, I did mention that. I was like, why? I was like, why is the Universal Translator reading on working on books? That strikes me as very Neelix. Though. Yeah, he's been doing that kind of stuff with everybody on the ship. Yeah, so yeah. Neelix may, in fact, maybe Talaxians have an amazing capacity for language. I I think he just has an amazing capacity for love. Aww, he does. That's like, that, that, this, this is this is, is the most very I've, sweet. It this is. is the most I've ever liked Neelix. I think. Me too, and I'm I'm I, I'm and glad. And you like I'm, Neelix, and I like Neelix. So like when I first read this uh, synopsis for this episode, I'm like, okay, I'm probably gonna like this episode, and Caitlin's gonna hate it. <laughs> Caitlin's gonna hate this episode. No, I liked it, and I also just, like, felt so bad for him, because he was obviously, like, blaming himself for what had happened, and, like, I thought he had, like, a little oh, yeah, bit yeah. of a, well, especially like, for... survivor's guilt type of thing. Well, I was gonna say, it was a guy who's already got so much survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the fact that he would react like this to this situation makes perfect sense. Yeah, he was so good. It made me... Yeah, he, he Ethan Phillips really does act through that makeup really well because there's a good amount on, so it's hard to work through that. I'm just impressed that they somebody was able to figure out how to operate the Delta Flyer despite <laughs> Tom Harris's stupid controls. Ridiculous control I was scheme. thinking that. Yeah, they chopped off his hand so that they could use them on the on the like, yeah. steering column. Now that works at all. Oh God! Speaking of again, it's like. Uh, it's like the original finale of Futurama. If you have Tom's hands, you can suddenly fly the Delta Flyer. When Give Fry me got back the devil's my hands. Hand. Oh, that, that finale, okay. They keep touching me in places. <laughs> yeah, they do that. The Delta Flyer is also way roomier than I thought it was. Yeah, no. There's a whole back cargo I mean, room to hang seen, out we've in. We've seen that room before in uh, Timeless. I had forgotten. Oh, that's the, okay, that's that room. That's yeah, funny. I don't know why, when we when we saw, like, the montage of it getting built, it looked like it was just cockpit and mm. little else. Mm. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's, I mean, it's smaller than a runabout, but but it's... Bigger than your average Bigger shuttle. than a shuttle. Compared somewhere to between. a bread box. Although this is definitely a case of, like, they only took a shuttle somewhere because the story called for it, not because it made sense. Like, there was no reason that they didn't just take the whole ass ship yeah. to this planet. Yeah, there could have been like even like a line saying Voyager was busy doing such and such, and we needed this. It happened today, Something, so we sent yeah, them. Like, but again, that happens so often. I feel like it's like, why are we I mean, in a this, shuttle? This accident could have also just happened on the bridge. Totally, mm. uh, but then Neelix, then Neelix wouldn't, wouldn't have, have felt bad. Yeah. Well, and he also wouldn't have had the oh, you mean the bridge of the Delta Flyer? The bridge of the uh, the Voyager. Voyager. Well, that's true, but then like maybe they felt like having it happen. In the space because they were just coming from where they had been having their like little ambassadorial meeting because they need that connection right to the. Well, no, what I'm saying is like the Voyager could have gone to the yeah Voyager could have been doing the doing the meeting. Well, I think making it in the Delta Flare makes it way more intimate, and I think that was absolutely necessary. Yeah, and it's just Tuvok and and Neelix. Even if they just been like. Oh, yeah, the what's-at-home world has a weird atmosphere and transporters don't work reliably. Even that, I'd have been like, okay. Mm. It's a silly reason, but it's a reason. Yeah. But if that's, it, like, a nitpick. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where, where if, if that's what you're thinking about for during the They've episode, done well. Then, they, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you've got to resort to that. Oh, yeah, the, the line when Tuvok starts talking again and he's been, like, in the, in the room when they've been being bombarded by something... Uh, oh, do, you, do you know who I am? You're Neelix. I'm safe with you. Oh, yeah. I immediately welled up. Boom. I was like, oh, yes. 
and and now I and like I, I enjoy the two of them together a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like that becoming like less Vulcan took away all of his like very Vulcan pronunciation. Mm. Like he was just <laughs> speaking, and it was kind of like without all the sensors and shit. Yeah, not just that. Like even just the way he physically carried himself, oh, walking yeah. around, like. He almost had like a slouch, you know, just like he was very, he walked more human. Uh, yeah, I was looking at saying like, is this kind of just Tim Russ and how Tim Russ yeah. walks yeah. and looks and talks? I suppose too, it's a little easier to look looser when you're not in the very squared off shoulders of a uniform. Mm. Like, I kind of wonder if they pad his at all. They pad everybody's. Well, what I mean is like, I, I, like, I wonder if they made sure to make his extra square. I don't know. I think they're all pretty damn To make square. him look more, yeah, like, yeah. rigid? Yeah. You mean? Yeah, I could sort of see that. Yeah. No, I know, I know they do, definitely. Plus, he was in his place. super comfy Vulcan pajamas most of the time. That so looked, he did look real comfy. And it looked... But it was also cut really nicely. Like, it looked comfortable, but it also, like, had a great shape. Yeah. In so. Star Trek, in Star Trek uh, costume departments, the process of squaring a uniform is called romularization. <laughs> oh, I haven't brought up yet. Uh, this is the directorial debut of Roxanne Dawson. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah. Which is Bolana? Who's Bolana? Yeah. Oh, wow. Way to go, Bolana. I think she did a great a episode. Really yeah, she really and did. Like, and like, yeah. It's interesting because she doesn't act... I don't know if she acts at all anymore. She she doesn't act a lot at any rate, but she's she's a huge television director now. Like that's, yeah, I feel that's like you've seen her name thing. on things. So. Yeah, it's funny. I haven't she actually. Did, she did a lot of work on the Americans. Did she? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good fucking show. I it have to is. finish it someday. It's funny. I, I haven't read the article yet. I'll I'll have to find it and share it if I keep this in. But <laughs> I guess for some reason there was specifically a moratorium against cast directing on Enterprise. On Enterprise, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get to to get to this to see what the fuck caused that. Yeah, because like every other series, who, di- who directed on Enterprise? No, there's been no one. They just from the oh go, I guess they oh. were just like no cast directing for you some want reason. Scott Bakula directing, maybe. I mean, the funny know, thing just... is, like, I also think Roxanne Dawson directed some episodes of Enterprise. As I well. think so. I think her and um. Paris. Thank uh, you. Yeah. McNeil. Yeah, McNeil. Yeah. I so, wonder so if probably no, Burton. No cast of the same show. I wonder yeah. if it's because it divides their attention. Because I know they've said, like, you know, McNeil has said, like, when we're kind of shadowing someone to see how directing works, mm. it means they're both acting on the show and kind of like from mm. the back of their mind saying, like, okay, that's what they're doing. I get it now. It, it divides their attention too much. Because, like, like, I feel like Star Trek, I, I guess I don't really notice it on a lot of other shows, but I feel like Star Trek is one of those shows where. A lot of the cast ends up directing, and I wonder. Yeah. If, Thank Nimoy. Uh, yeah, I wonder if, that, <laughs> yeah. if like that tradition just because Nimoy directed three. Maybe yeah, if, if that was like the genesis uh, of that um, of that practice on Star Trek. Maybe, yeah, because I mean, like what from TNG, you've got Burton and Frakes directed quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, McFadden. Oh, did she? Okay, mm-hmm. I forgot about she that. did. She did. I think only one, and it wasn't a good one. Yeah, probably not. And even though, like, I I bet you she could do way better. And they just didn't really let her. Yeah. Because, yeah, DS9 had a handful. And, again, like like I said, Robert Duncan McGill and Roxanne Dawson do a lot now. Mm Mm-hmm. And Frakes. Frakes has a ton. Oh, yeah, loads. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't want to shit on them, but I feel (laughs) like the talent pool on... Enterprise was a lot shallower than some of the other shows. I would have liked to have seen uh, Wei Yoon, what's his face, do some directing. 
Did he ever? Because he's in it. Jeffrey right? Combs. Yeah, isn't yeah. he? Um, he's he's a, some he's Andorian a recur- thing. He's, yeah, he's a recurring character. Yeah. Did but, he do any directing in the show? Any of the shows? I don't know if he does directing at all. At all. I don't know if that's his thing. I, I think, think he'd be good at to. it though. Who knows? You don't want to again, though. It's it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It looks it looks too freaking hard. Mm. Yeah. Well, I certainly wouldn't want. I to. mean, the funny thing I was hearing, like, yeah, somebody was comparing like the work of a television director versus a film director, and like it must be so weird. It's very different because in a film, like the director, there's this whole idea of like the director is the auteur, and you know, if the director makes wants to make a call on the fly to change some aspect of the script or whatever usually they just do it and mm. and like the writer will just have to deal with it um, yeah, and on a television like the scripts are are untouchable yeah the you can't ad lib a single the line. writers are, are like the king and and so like the director has a big role to play in like setting up shots and like figuring out you know blocking for characters and and you know, props and effects and things like that, but yeah. like and, the and writing is strictly the purview of the writers. Yeah, and, and like the writers and the cast work together to develop the characters, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, whereas, yeah, like, so you're just coming in, your job is to make sure they continue acting the way they've been acting for, yeah. you know, and I'm sure that's why, like, you know, I know the next episode I did notice was when Rick Colby, who does so much. Including yeah. Mulgrew. Oh right, oh, that's come up before. I forgot. But like you know, it's it, you know, it's like you can get someone to come back a bunch of times. Like all right, we know this guy. He knows them. He's not gonna try to fucking rock the damn boat. Well, I think that's a thing, right? Like on a TV show, like a long running TV show with with established characters, and oftentimes you do get you know different writers in you know every week almost, right? There's you get a you know in a season you might get half a dozen different writers or more directors uh, that's that is to say um that like in order for there to be consistency the directors have to be kind of limited in what they can yeah do yeah exactly yeah i actually like the couple like the directing of the couple episodes we've seen by his name is gone i'll look it up later the director of of photography Mm. who comes in and has a very different way of wanting to frame shots and stuff yeah i remember he did the thaw and say what you will about the thaw i like the thaw well, I know you guys didn't, but it was directed very interestingly. I don't remember the thaw. That's the one with, with Michael McKean and the clowns. Well, I just didn't like the clowns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, you're right. That's yeah, TV direction You often is more about, like, what can you do with the visuals. Yeah. Wait, um, didn't McKean actually direct that episode, question mark? Who no. did? Do we know? It did. The name the escapes. The guy whose name I can't think of off the top of my head. Okay. The DP. It's kind of like uh, how one of the more interesting-looking episodes of Columbo was uh, one of the first jobs Steven Spielberg had. Huh. Yeah, he did, I think, the f- first... They did, like, a one-off TV movie. Then they did a pilot to actually make it a series. I think he did either the pilot or the very second episode. Hmm. Neato. For the hottest second watching this episode, I-, I thought to myself, or I thought out loud to Jake... I wonder if they'll ask Vorik to help with the whole getting getting Tuvok more Vulcan. And then I was like, no, don't, please. It's It was actually way more interesting going to Seven and have and Neelix had that little exchange with yeah. Seven. Like, you know, you were, you know, habilitated back to being, a, being like human from Borg. How did that work? And Seven basically had to say, well, I was it wasn't Janeway turning me back into Borg. It was Janeway allowing me to find out who I am. And then yeah. we go and let Tuvok figure out who he wants to be. A baker. 
And then tell, and then, and then tell him he can't be. Off. Yeah, and then say, nope, no longer. And then, yeah, TV put its foot down and status quo had to return. Yeah, you kind of always have to end where you began. Uh, last thing on my notes, it was a little bit silly that Tuvok going to his own station and booping a button can accidentally activate the photon torpedoes. Yeah, hey, wouldn't like... you put the safeties on or something well, if you knew that he was... This is Starfleet. The people who don't know what a door lock oh, is. Oh, but wait. Back in hero worship, ah. uh, it was um, established that it should be impossible to accidentally do that because of safeguards. Because I think the little God boy... Damn who wanted to be Data for a day, ah. uh, was on the bridge, and he was worried that he would accidentally activate torpedoes, and they had to say, well, that's fucking impossible. The thing is, he, did, he didn't fire the torpedoes. He brought them online. So maybe maybe you can, like, power them up, mm. yeah. but maybe. you can't actually fire them. And if anybody can bypass the safeguards, it's Tuvok, even if he's like, yeah, you know, oh, this has yeah. just come he naturally. Yeah, he might yeah. have just subconsciously known, the oh, fi- this is a thing I'm supposed to the, do. The physical memory might still be there, even yeah. if the... Literal memory isn't. Speaking of bleeping and blooping. (laughs) There's a bleepy bloopy moment in the episode that I remember distinctly, which is the only reason I say that. Speaking of bleepy bloopy. Things that does that even mean? Speaking of things that are foolish and... Ah! Speaking... No, actually, more like... Speaking of Neelix being better at existing than I would expect in general, this was another standout Neelix moment. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the local. Makes sense. Yep, yep. All right, so in Dragon's Teeth, okay, this is going to be a slightly less concise explanation, which I know you're always used to, but I've been trying. Okay, so the Voyager is going through some underspace, and while they're doing that, they are stopped by an alien species called the Terai, who are like, hey, is it Terai? Or Tarai. I don't remember. I think it's Tarai, actually. I don't remember. Anyway. Pick, pick, pick your favorite. They're like, get the fuck out of our underspace. And they're like, oh, we didn't mean to be here. Sorry. Help us out. And they're like, sure. And they shoot them out of it, which I thought was funny but shitty. What they asked for. They so. did ask. But then the Tarai are like, hey, any information you just gathered, we're going to board and take that info. And uh, Voyager's like, over our dead bodies, lol. And they, they're they like, all right, well, then we'll make you dead. And they try to attack them. And uh, the Voyager's like, oh, there's a planet over there. It's got really, like, radiation-heavy atmosphere. Our shields can handle it, but theirs probably can't. So let's go land down there and, you know, see how that goes. It's we can repair, assumption of re- yep. repair our ship and get <laughs> the fuck hey. out of here. Uh, so they do. They land. But the Terrae are still hanging out, orbiting, vulturing. vulturing. And uh, while they're down there, they discover some Vaudoir people who are in stasis. And Seven of Nine is like, well, boop bleep, let's bring them back. And they do. And it turns out that Vaudoir is a word that in the old Talaxian means foolish. It's probably my biggest problem with this episode. Was he's like, oh yes, we we used to call ourselves the Talaxer. I'm like, you never would have known that. I don't know Anglo-Saxons. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I remember the the director of photography's name. His name is Marvin Rush. Good job, ah, guy. Thank we you. like we like you. Thank you, Marvin Rush. So he's like, yeah, Vaudoir means foolish. I wonder why that is. And meanwhile, the Vaudoir, they're bringing everybody back from stasis. And they're like, hey, remember how we used to go around and attack people? Why don't we use the Voyager to do that again and, like, regain the power we once had? And uh, I guess our friend is Jisa. Is that our no, friend or is Gedrin? G- Gedrin is our Gedrin friend. Gedrin is our friend? Jisa's super dead. Gedrin is like, yo, oh, that's right. She's the wife that was like mummified times yeah. 10. That was sad. And then we mourn for 
0.5 seconds and they're like, fuck her. Then I feel like he kind of has the hots for seven a little bit. Yes. Okay, great. Agreed. Okay, we'll great. Go, we'll, we'll get it. Um, and then, so Gedrin, though, is kind of like, our tech's all really old. Maybe we should not. But he's outvoted by the rest of the Vaudoir. Uh, meanwhile, Neelix is like, let me look up. Like, why does that mean foolish? Where where does this word turn up? Oh, look at all these horrible Grimm-style fairy tales where, like, horrible things happen. It also turns out that the Vaudoir had encountered the Borg 900 years ago before they were all frozen. So I guess, like, Neelix goes to her- to Seven and is like, hey, can you, like, look into this? And they discover that they were a warlike, shitty asshole race. And they're like, well, they haven't been totally honest with us, so maybe it's time to watch them a little bit more closely. Ultimately, the Vaudoir are like, fuck you, Janeway. We do what we want. So Janeway goes to the Terrain and is like, oh, excuse me. I know that uh, we're not really tight, but enemy of my enemy is my friend and all that. Yeah, you remember the Vaudoir you've maybe heard about? They're going to want your uh, their underspace back from you. And we don't really want them to get it. And we know you don't. So maybe if we work together, we can finish them off. We can do a genocide. Yes. That's what I said. Oh, God. <laughs> and so they do. Yay. No, no. 52 ships get away. Yeah, oh, they right. failed at the genocide. Right, that's true. You're right. 52 ships get away in spite of Janeway's best efforts to do a genocide. And then she, like, gives Seven a talking to about why did you, like, bring them back from stasis? Like, even though they obviously we're would have. We're going to, yeah. Like, and, uh... They weren't yeah. going to keep them in those tubes. Yeah. No. But anyway. now that they've put the... There's 52 ships now. It would be interesting to come back in 100 years and see, <laughs> see, what, <laughs> see what, what... What growth has sprung from the seeds we planted this yeah. day. Or the dragon's teeth we planted. Yeah. Like that old Greek myth Tricotay so, knows for reasons. We, we crack like, oh, we'll never see them again. And I looked them up. We don't. But... We hear about them We again. hear about them. Well, they were and featured... you maybe have seen them again, Ames. No, different thing. Oh, damn. And I actually think we do see them physically. I think they just may have reused the makeup. Oh. They do have good makeup. Yeah, yeah. The one, the one issue with their makeup is I had a lot of trouble telling them apart. Yes. Yeah. So, like, anytime took, Gedrin did something, I was like, is he the good moon or the bad? Yeah, it took me a while to realize out. there were two different guys. <laughs> um, they never really introduced the bad one properly. They, they didn't. Did Go. you look him up? Why? No, that's I didn't. That's fucking Wyatt from TNG. Fucking Wyatt Dirk. mouth. Oh, that's good for him. So he finally got away from those weird... Uh, plague people? Plague people. Yeah, he yeah. the plague people. Yeah, that was fucking Wyatt. Damn. Um, well, I don't remember Wyatt, so... He was that, like, We called him Wyatt Dirk. I mean, I remember Wyatt Dirk, but that's all I remember. nerd that was betrothed to Deanna. Oh, no! Yeah. Okay, yeah, I do remember him. Yeah, but then he, he thought just, that. But then he used the, used the whole marriage as a scam to sneak aboard and bang a, a plague ship lady that well, he, he thought saw it, in his dreams. You know, he did the drawings and was shocked when that wasn't her. But uh, yeah, no, the Vardwar apparently were part of a major storyline in Star Trek Online at some point. Oh, I keep meaning to want to play that, but it looks like the kind of game you just lose fucking weeks to. Yeah, and it's an MMO, playing. which isn't... Yeah. Like, you can solo it, I think, but it's probably easier not to. Oh, damn and... it, I prefer to solo it, because I hate pee. <laughs> it's like, I yeah. hate having to play with friends. But, um... Same, though. <laughs> well, the, the, the main issue is you, you wind up with strangers a lot, you know? But, yeah, yeah I guess they, they, they did a whole storyline, and I guess the bad one survived, Sorry. and, you know... Begins to regather Vaudoir strength and yeah. blah blah blah. I mean, okay. what a, like what a fucking missed opportunity here mm-hmm. to like, have a they, new enemy race. To have a new enemy, right? Nope, Vidians again for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> See, my thing with these guys 
their look, my first thought was it's like the Klingons from the motion picture and Cardassians had an ugly baby. Aw, I love their look. I forgot to make my comment about what I felt like the um, Turai looked like. Yeah, yeah. I felt like they looked like first draft uh, Saru's, kind of. Hmm. Ah, Only they have that funny little mouth. Yeah, little Kelpian thing. But yeah, no, these guys definitely gave me Cardassian vibes. And I think the fact that they they made them look like cobra necks. Yeah, I like that. I was waiting for it to be like a frog or a puffer fish type situation where they could like (gasps) expand it really hard when they were um, under threat or something. Mm. I guess we kind of already had an alien do that. If Star Trek ever creates a stupid alien that's neck blows up for self-defense, that would be be too ridiculous. I was going to say, haven't we already seen someone who does that kind of thing? No, he just has an insect in his neck. <laughs> Neat. No, remember the... There was the guy that could, like, inflate his nose. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Ago. It was his nose. Yeah. And I'm he just was joking about Rick. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I was just talking uh, about I, the guy that... I was, more, I was more joking about flocks, but... Yeah. Oh. Well, he, that's more oh, yeah, because he's, like puff, yeah. he's like a puffer fish he's like thing, a, he's right? Got puffer but they only do that, like, once or twice, I think, oh, in the whole show, why luckily. Why do they do it? I bet I'm going to like him even less than I liked Neelix in the beginning. Yeah, okay. I, so this episode... I want to start off, yes. but, because this, this this may direct whatever you're saying. This episode was originally planned to be a two-parter. No! They decided, no, there's not quite enough to stretch out to a two-parter. Let's, do, let's condense it to a one-parter. There was they barely did. enough for one part. It was so boring. And then yeah. freaking Braga and Benoski and whoever else was around was like, man, we really should have made it a two-parter, and they really no, regret not having done it now. don't do that. I mean, they might have been able... If No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, it just... Not this episode, but I think there is potentially an interesting episode buried in here somewhere. I mean, I always love Cryo. We're going to talk about Cryo later for our blogtivity, and the Cryo fact, stories are fun. I mean, the fact that this is just shittier space seed is yeah is like <laughs> and without the payoff. Besides, well, yeah. that thing is like I remember a minute and a half before the reveal, quote unquote. I paused the episode. Which, which reveal are you referring to? That they're evil? Yeah. That's a reveal? Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure it. we knew that. I paused and I was like, hmm, who wants to bet they turn out to be dicks? Oh, what a shock. He oh, did God. say that. Watching TV with Chris doesn't sound fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... It can be. It I has think, its moments. I don't, think, I don't think it was very well... I think, A, the fact that they kind of looked like Cardis... Yeah, like, didn't help. Was, 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 a, ...was the first tip-off. Well, we agreed no racist talk <laughs> on this fucking podcast. Uh, it's not racist it's against the Cardassians. Everyone knows that. <gasps> wow. The only well, good Cardassian's a dead Cardassian, am I right? The only good go. Cardassian is in my bedroom. I was about to say, the only, oh the yeah. only species... Star Trek... Cut is in your bedroom? <laughs> like, right now? Can <laughs> we go there? <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Okay. As DS9 established, the it's only... the present I got for you. <laughs> oh, no. The only race it's okay to be racist against in Star Trek is the Ferengi. Well, that's true. Which is, oh, God. Which is icky. I meant to say earlier, like, the other problem I had with their makeup is that, like... Like you said, they get the kind of the big cobra-like necks, mm. which is fine. But whereas the Cardassians have their big crazy necks and all of their clothing choices reflect that mm. these guys just look like they're cramming it into a human <laughs> collar mm. that's true it, it feels like the makeup department and the costume department not, did not work together yeah yeah, but yeah that's so. not what someone who had that who has that physiology physio- they wouldn't design those collars physiology is that the word I'm physiology looking? physiognomy anatomy anatomy that fucking is. neck they would have <laughs> different shirts <laughs> I gotta give them, give credit though to the makeup department. The necks did look really cool. They did. They did. Um, they and the fact that the they shirt. had to do like five of them at least, you know. Yeah, they did a bunch. 
I like like the one or two lady Vaudors we saw too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish there were more of them, but God damn. We never so we hear about but never see the Vardwar children. Yeah, oh. a little racist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it, it's very it's it's interesting, right? Like that's kind of what tips Neelix off to the yeah. fact that these guys might not be on the up and up is that their children are shitheads. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, the adults can put on a filter and pretend to be oh, good guys. Oh, the ones who are making fun of Naomi. Yeah. But well, fuck them. But making fun of Neelix to Naomi yeah. and that pissed her off. Yeah. But like, but like, the the children don't know how to put on the filter so yeah. they're just bastards no matter what. Yeah. Vulcan children. Mm-hmm. Super bastards. I, I appreciate that. How do you feel? That was another good scene though because at first, well, you know, I mean, kids can be rude and then he's like, so they kind of yeah, no, you don't have to be nice to them. What yeah. am I saying? That's, that's the scene from this episode that I kind of wish were in riddles because mm. it's like, you know what? No, you're right. You do, do what you want. I, I do enjoy... Because honestly... Those children. Like, this feels like not a bad episode, but just another I'm not going to remember this in a few months kind of episode. But I do like that etymology saved the day. <laughs> like, that's kind of a fun, nerdy solution. Yeah. Did you also like all the CG? Because they went, there was, was a lot of CG in this episode. Yeah, again, for the time, the budget, the format. Yeah. yeah. The scene good. the scene where we, did, we see uh, Voyager landed, because it's another Voyager yeah. gets to land scene. Yeah. Only, you know, we don't, we don't get to see it land to take off. We just see it suddenly on the ground. No, I think there was a second of it kind of going. Oh, maybe. But, you know, when we first. There was, we, yeah. The first scene where we see it just on the ground amidst brown buildings, and here's mm. a little blue Voyager, it looked a little goofy. Mm. Mm. I think that was to sell the scale of the city. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know back in, I want to say the 37s was the one where the. CGI folk were unhappy with what the scale looked like. Mm. So they said, okay, this time we're going to be more cognizant of how big Voyager is. And they look at it and say, oh no, it looks so, it looks so big. And then they realize, no wait, it's supposed to look that big. We're yeah. fine. It's it fine. It is big. <laughs> Everything's fine. I think that looks too big. Imagine if you had to land a galaxy. I think it would have been interesting. I think it would have been goofy. It would have been really stupid if so I don't know why I'm suggesting it, but like good, if good. when like maybe seven events, like she's like, oh yes, I now that you mention it, Neelix, I do recommend Species Four. Oh, that would have been terrible. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, we learned that the Borg were very young yeah. when they met them. That so that's the thing. Everything interesting about this episode had nothing to do with the episode, pretty much. Because again, here is we've talked about this before, but Star Trek always drops these little seeds about the fact that like space seeds dragon dragon seeds (laughs) that like everyone in the galaxy right now the big powers and like the alpha quadrant are kind of new like there was so much going on thousands of years ago in the galaxy that we know nothing about. Well, we talked about people. Well, we, yeah, we, yeah. we talked about this last week about was like, it just last week? Yeah, or okay. maybe a couple. It was weeks very ago. recent. Yeah, when we were talking about like what about you know like where did all of these ancient species go? And yeah. evidently some some of them just got fucking rebelled yeah. by their. Uh, like their this one. Yeah. This one's not even ancient, really. They're, what, a thousand years ago, basically? Mm. Which, you know... Well, not even... Yeah. Well, we don't know when they started. But. Yeah. No, but I, I was actually reading online, like, they went into stasis in what we would have, like, you know, Earth time 1480s, I want to say. Mm. But, like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, the Borg, you were still kind of new then. And it's just, like... What's interesting is he recognizes her as Borg, even though she's almost completely deborgified from our point of view. Maybe yeah. they have a different, like, visual scope and they can see inside her brain or something. Or well, I just kind this of, like, was before they had the, like, full body. Yeah, that's everything. what I was going to say. Like, like, maybe having oh. one little eyepiece and one little hand thing oh, was more like what yeah. they were doing if in the they beginning. were still new, their cybernetics may have been less... 
well, all right. encompassing because they're, like, yeah, they're that, picking up that tech from other species yeah. presumably yeah now having said that i don't want to see the early days of the board I oh that's kinda, what's coming I actually, next i actually kind of think it would be interesting they'd fuck it up oh they would but like i think because I, I don't know i've always had this idea that like maybe the borg started as just like a normal race of biological people that were like yeah, let's do some cyborg shit. That'd be yeah. cool. We'll add some we computer. Rutherford from Lower Decks. Yeah, we'll do some cyborg shit. And then, like, it goes just, overboard. It just goes overboard and, and it goes takes haywire. Over them. That sounds like a, like a Black Mirror episode where so, your cybernetic tech just suddenly takes over your body. It, interestingly, uh, I'd watch that episode. They, they've already, like, again, they haven't really shown it so much, but originally in Doctor Who, there were the Cybermen, which have been acknowledged as a big influence on the Borg. But they established more recently that they're not a monolith. They just keep happening. Hmm. Like, and that's how they sort of established, like, yeah, no, no, it's not that they, because they've been nearly wiped out or wiped out a couple times. Like, it's just that they, other species keep doing this. So it's like crabs. They're like crabs in that they just keep evolving. Yeah, like basically cultures keep going, let's just do a little bit of cybernetics. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then, oh, Cybermen. So they kind of yeah that that has that that is a, a they had human hands in their first episode. Oh, that honestly made them creepy. It was the worst, actually. <laughs> but um, and then that monster from the skies from Picard season one comes down and says, yeah. "Knock this off." Yeah, but yeah, that would be a, like that does seem like the most logical foundation of the board is they were like, "We're just gonna do some basic little amplification," and then just it just went so so wrong. But yeah, they they always talk about like the that's where I'm torn. I guess is like on the one hand, I love these little tidbits about. The galaxy anywhere from eight thousand to thousands of years ago, but on the other hand, I feel like they'd fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe I don't want that. Give it to one of the good writers. That's the problem. Is even with a good writer, at the end of the day, like your imagination—you've done so much make, in your make mind. Make it a comic book. <laughs> there we go. That like it's almost inevitable that whatever they do decide on will disappoint basically everyone because everyone's come up with their own ideas at this stage. Cool. Bringing it back to this episode and, and and the Borg in this episode. So we got Seven. Yep. She goes and just decides to wake this guy up because she's been thinking. They kind of explain it away later as, oh, she, you know, is feeling bad that as a Borg she wiped people out and she wanted to bring back a civilization. She, whatever. I don't, I don't care. It seemed fully out of character for yeah. her to just do it without bringing it up to anybody. I was, yeah, exactly. I was expecting it to be, like, some kind of, like, hidden Borg directive or something. Because oh. it kind of, like, it kind of, she, even her expression as she was doing it kind of looked like she was not... It was, like, data. Oh, yeah, like, she had to finish them off or something. Yeah, like, like these were like, the ones that got away and yeah, we had to finish directive the Directive four is don't harm OCP officials, but directive five <laughs> is destroy the Nardwar if you see them. See, that was... <laughs> my thing is, I noticed she made a face, too. But my thought had been, like, oh, she knows something she ain't saying. But, no, apparently that wasn't it yeah, either. Yeah, it ended up not being a, a very thing. good reason for me that she just decides to do it for but, uh, her own reasons and... Yeah, well, why she did it in the first place doesn't make sense, right? Because it seems like it was later, the whole, like, I'm going to help rebuild a civilization. Yeah. Yay. Like, but I'm still annoyed that Janeway was being pissy at her at the end. It's like, like, you weren't going to unfreeze them, Catherine. Calm the fuck down. They would have had, had a conversation first. And then done it. And that's why later on in the episode, this is why, like, all of this is out of fucking order. Yeah. Because later on, when they've, they've woken What's-His-Nut up, 
and they're looking at like the sea of, of cryopods and Chakotay brings up the oh reminds me of dragon's teeth yeah. you know these people who were planted in the earth and they'll spring up and be warriors and it's like where the fuck did this come from you should have this should have been happening this analogy would have been better way earlier in the episode before we woke anybody up it should have been on purpose that we woke anybody up or at mm. least I don't know Paris accidentally sits on one of them and it <laughs> opens that way I don't care <laughs> he farts on it and Heats them up. But it meant that they had already decided, okay, we'll go open up everybody up now because, you know, this guy Gedrin's here. And then Chakotay says something about, oh, warriors, dragon's teeth, this. It's like, but you already decided to wake him up. Why are you talking like it's going to be a threat when we've already decided? Well, I, guess I, don't, know if he, that... I don't know if he was saying that it's going to be a threat so much. It felt threatening to me. I mean, I think I, because at that point in the episode, we kind of had we the knew idea. that they, We knew they'd be evil. Yeah, but well, like, they... I think Chakotay's just being like, oh, yeah, look, there's a whole army in reserve here. Yeah, that's what it is. At that point, they were actually like looking not just at tubes, but like fighter craft. There should have been a debate then of, yeah. should well, yeah, it's such, it's such a good thing that the first one that they woke up was the one not evil guy. Yeah, you know. Otherwise, like he, the jig would have been up right from the beginning. Yeah, he starts off kind of dickish. Like I couldn't tell because when I read a synopsis of this, they mentioned like, oh, and while he's mourning his wife, he's on the board of the voyage or doing this. He's like, and I was, said he was weak. Yeah. That's kind of like, it's the anger side of, the anger phase of guilt-ish. Yeah. It was never quite right yeah no like there were, like he he skipped a bunch of like mourning elements in which at least you know for a moment be sad well different species theirs happens Maybe. in different order we went right from like no no bargaining no denial just angry well, no, just I fuck think, her she deserved I think he it. was like like i don't think that he's necessarily he's still a vardwar he's still yeah. A, yeah. he's still kind of a shithead they're a hard hard-edged culture Okay, there's a comment that he makes that says, like, oh, yeah, we think about death all... We don't, we, yeah. we don't fear death. We ask our children before they go to bed at night to think about new ways to die. Here's the thing. Weird. Aren't there lots of, like, Christian children's prayers that are, like... Oh, it's just, if I die before I wake, I yeah. pray my soul the Lord. That's pretty but it, dark. That's a little different, though, than, like... Plus, eventually you're going to run out of sensible ones, and you're just going to start coming up with Anvil, goofy bullshit. Yeah. Grand Piano crushes me. Rube Goldberg machines. That's, if anything, that's going to create a species that is so terrified of everything, they don't leave their houses. Or they're just all sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the thing, the bleeps and the bloops that I was talking about. Oh, the about. bleeps and the bloops. Because it was kind of gooey. Sweeps and the creeps. When he's looking at a <laughs> panel, and he's like, huh, I'm 900 years out of date. I'm like, it's completely foreign technology. You'd be confused regardless, yeah. you yeah. idiot. Yeah, I'm glad they brought that up. And then, you know, all they say is, oh, no, it's that it's that section there. And suddenly it's like, oh, I understand your keypad now. Was okay. this the episode where they were like, Vaudoir? Janeway's like, I've never heard of the Vaudoir. And I'm like, that's because oh, yeah. you're from the Alpha Quadrant, <laughs> fuckface. Yeah, like, you haven't heard of most of these people yeah, but, before now. But they have access to these subspace corridors, so they probably... Underspace. Been, uh, well, that's what the dickheads call The oh, other yeah. people call I liked Underspace. The dickheads. The problem is, Underspace sounds less like a scientific thing and more like slinky underwear. Mm. Oh, I was going to say, like, another name for the, uh, for the taint... Oh damn it! Damn so, okay, so we've got she, she licked me. my underspace, dude. She's a freaky bitch. So we've got subspace corridors. We've got quantum slipstream corridors. Subspace corridors. What I transport corridors. We've got the mycelium network. How many ways are there to get around the goddamn galaxy? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also the the, the ancient the ancient uh, relay network. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, did you bring up the Iconian gateway? The Iconian yeah. gateway. Yeah. Well, the thing is, so like, okay, so. 
I think it's very possible that these people have been to the Alpha Quadrant in their subspace. Uh, subspace. And that's how he understands the keypad, yeah. Chris. Well, here's the thing, right? So it is. I just <laughs> think that that one line was ridiculous. The, oh, I'm 800 years out of date. Because A, you're not 800 years out of date. Because 800 years before this, humans were like, you know. Wooden ships. Yeah, wooden ships and fucking castles and shit. Bear skins and yeah, bear stone skin, knives. Stone knives and, and bear skins. And so, no, like this, this technology is, if anything, less advanced probably than what you're used to. Like the, or on par, one or the other. Like the idea, this idea that throughout the galaxy, everybody's on basically the same footing yeah. in terms of technology is ridiculous. Like he's 900 years out of date as regards the... Saru looking people. What the yeah, but the thing is, the Saru you, you oh, looking those people. Oh, the um, the cassette. Cassette. Yeah. The cassette don't even seem as sophisticated as Voyager. You know, like they're not not well, eight hundred. Kind of judgmental. They're not eight hundred years <laughs> oh, more the advanced. Teray. The Teray. Teray. Yes. Yeah, oh, the cassette teray, one from sorry. last week. Son of oh, a bitch. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you the, you knew one of them. The Teray were not. You know. 800 years more advanced than Voyager. So. Well, because they were less advanced than the. Bad guys. Vardwar. Vardwar. You know, 800 years ago, but now... I think the only reason they're advanced at all is because they have the subspace corridors. I don't think they're, like... Maybe. They weren't able to uh, destroy Voyager, you know? And their shields were apparently weak sauce. Yeah. Well, they're just not good with that type of radiation. They could be good in other ways. Probably not, though. It's funny, though. This reminded me of... uh, There's a character in Mass Effect 3 where... You, you can meet them, and they are from millennia ago when you wake oh, them out wow. of stasis. And he just runs around talking about how shitty everyone who now runs the galaxy was when he was, you know, when his species was... It's like, oh yeah, you, you would just learn to walk and speak. You guys are delicious raw! Literally, he tells <laughs> one of them, like, their species, they would eat them raw. Mm. It's, a, it's 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 like the, the children to an extreme because he's not even pretending because he's the only one anyway. So uh, Javik, fun character. Hm. Overall, like I said, not awful but forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Some good some good battley scenes. I know that they are going to reuse one of the attacks on the Vodwar city in the opening credits of the Enterprise Mirror episodes. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. That, cool, oh, yeah, cool, that is what that is. It's a cool huh. effect. Yeah, they just swap in some ship with the ISS Enterprise. Mm, okay. Because, you know, it looks good. We have to find another way to use this. And we're running out of money. Yeah, this must have been an expensive episode to create, considering they had to do... A lot of CG. A ship landing thing. They had to do the city. They had to do the makeup for the snake people. Yeah, somehow nominated for an Emmy in the the category you'd least expect, hairstyling. I thought you were going to say great writing. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because, I, I, I mean, I don't think they did anything terribly different with any of the principles. And I remember Caitlin specifically mentioning their hair was bad on the aliens. I didn't like it. I, I felt like it, it started too far back on their heads and they felt very like reptilian. So I didn't feel like having hair made sense. Oh, it was kind of like, very, it was kinda like Jem Hadar hair a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I just didn't like it. Good. Yeah. Gedrin also switches to good guy. Too easily. Very easily. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I could see. Like, I mean, there's know, a... They were planning a two-parter. In. Yeah, he could have had there's more. There's this weird moment when, like, arc. when mm-hmm. Janeway is negotiating with the... T- Tere. Tere to genocide 
yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the 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 Vardwar with fucking Gendron standing right there. And he's yeah. like, yeah, fuck him up. Yeah. I really don't think Janeway gets enough credit for being as morally corrupt as Ben Sisko. Mm. Yeah, really. Everyone's like, oh, Ben Sisko did war crimes. Well, and he did. What? And he, he did. did. But what the fuck, Janeway? I mean, that said, these people were pieces of shit. Oh, yeah. They had to go. They had to go. Uh, <laughs> nope, wait a minute. Take back that. Yeah. I didn't know where that was going. Uh, no, but really. Um, yeah, I mean, they were horrible. But no, but seriously, folks. Fuck's sake. I mean, maybe not Maybe not the whole species. Leave the ones but, in cryo and cryo. But certainly the ones that have access to spaceships should. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, blow up the, the, the ships with soldiers on them. Hopefully the children aren't there, but then again, it's the Vardwar, so they probably are. And also, their kids sound like they're shitheads, too. So. All children are shitheads. Not, uh, no, no. Children are shitheads because they're taught to be shitheads. Children are not born shitheads. No, that's what I mean. That Like, if you give those kids to a to better parents, they'll be better people. In theory. I mean, it sounds like despite the their... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And, and like the fact that there's this great bit, right, where they're, when they're escaping the planet and they're being chased by the Vardwar and they're just blowing them up with mm. phasers. And then, and Tuvok says, we've disabled two of their ships. Yeah. And I'm like, Tuvok, <laughs> you could just say price. you blew them up. His memory is still a little I mean, gone. I guess, I guess technically they can't, the ship is disabled in the <laughs> sense that it's completely destroyed. What is all not, of the people on it are dead? Not all squares are rectangles, but all rectangles are squares, or vice versa. Rhombuses. It's like that, like the Batman. You ever see that that uh, Batman? Oh, well, there's, sketch? he's just sleeping. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> oh sleeping. yeah, Pete Holmes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's great. What is it? It's. I'll show you when it's we like get a home. Comedy it's, sketch. Yeah, with where where. It turns out Batman has been murdering the fuck out of people, but thinks he's just knocking them out. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I have seen that. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, I think I saw it here, actually. Didn't we watch it here at one point? I wouldn't Maybe. be surprised. Maybe. We've talked, we've, Batman comes up way more than it should. It's way more than it Which Ames loves. Even when I try not to, someone else does. There was a comment somewhere in the episode where Janeway says, Man, if only we had a Betazoid on board, we'd know what they were, what they were actually thinking. <laughs> and I said, not just any Betazoid. But, 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 but the thing is, I thought they did. I There's, thought there yeah, was... Wasn't there one other than Suter? I thought yeah, there was back, another one. When we were in... Counterpoint, which is where the 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 Devor were being assholes about telepaths. Yeah, and they said on Voyager there are you know the two Vulcans who we have to hide from yep. the assholes and a Betazoid. Mm. Uh, her name was Gerot. Well, she's dead now. Something and, happened. Apparently. Yeah, so everyone assumes like the assumption on Memory Alpha because the only episode between Counterpoint and now in which unnamed characters died was Equinox. Mm. So she must have been one of the ones that died in Equinox. There we go. <laughs> or, I mean, something just totally natural, you know? She choked to death on Neelix's cooking one day. Mm. <laughs> Nothing more natural than that. Or uh, was fucking around in the hollow deck with the safeties off. Oh, no. She fucked around and found out. Oh, no, that's what it was. Bolana forgot to turn the safeties back on after her crisis episode. <laughs> Damn it, Bolana, no. Poor bitch went in and fired up the Alamo. Well, she's never going to forget it. No. Oh, <laughs> Did we miss a scene where, because I know Tuvok and Gedrin go down to planet to find the satellite relay something. Yeah. That... And then suddenly Gedrin's dead, Voyager's flying away, and I'm like, did they beam Tuvok back? Off screen, yeah. Where did we leave Tuvok? Yeah, I thought the same yeah. thing. They oh, wait, forgot... so Gedrin did die. Yeah, he, got, he got buried he got under to rubble. Death. I couldn't remember okay. if he made a heroic sacrifice, sacrifice or not. Yeah, it was it was heroic no. because he died 
he died sending the signals to the enemy to, to, to destroy his entire race. So it's historic. It's uh, it's heroic in a sense. <clears throat> but yeah. I appreciated the queen referencing. Fuck. Uh, here's another random note. Naomi's little puppet was cute. Oh, the little like, elephant it, thing? Or we yeah, could it never was. see its face, so it could have been anything. I'm just it looked, grateful. It looked like an elephant. I'm just grateful it wasn't that fucking terrifying flotter doll. Oh, I like the flotter. I really hope that's gone because like between seasons five and six some stagehand was like, I am getting rid of that cursed nightmare I mean, she's, and she's burnt it. she's outgrown flotter by now. Yeah, we don't know what story he was gonna tell her. Maybe she's moved on to Fahrenheit 451. Yay! I don't know why I went with that of all things, but because I was just talking about fire. There we go. Yay! You know what the opposite of fire is? Oh, fuck, God damn it. Ice! Shit, that's not what I was going to do. Fuck oh, well, you go over it. No, 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 because I, I noticed, like, in this episode, damn, whenever we put people in stasis, there's always a bunch that fail. Mm, and yeah. that was going to be my segue, but fuck it. We didn't start the fire. That's also good. <laughs> uh, is it, though? No. We're launching in. We're all putting ourselves in cryo now. We'll see you in five years. <laughs> I'm sure it won't actually end up being 900. Yeah, but, you know, cryo, cryo stories, there's some good ones. Like, I actually think the opportunity that a cryo story poses is, you know, you get the people who wake up and their fish is out of water, and that's always a fun time. And also, like, it allows, like, things from the past to come and see the consequences of all the bullshit that's happened all the time. So two spring them out immediately. One instant classic. One, eh, obviously space seed. Okay, what about Space Seed? That's, I mean, that's like the sort of like, when you said we're going to do Cryo, my first thought was Space Seed. Yeah, what do you want to say about it? Uh, Well, I mean, you know, it's it's one of the most influential episodes because it would spawn Star Trek 2. That's the thing, though. There's nothing especially special about that episode, except for at the end. They're like, wouldn't it be great to see what happened here in a hundred years? Because otherwise, it's not. Yeah, that's fucking The McCoy scene with the, if you want to kill me, go for the carotid artery. I mean, I think the fact that that was the episode that was chosen to be like the for the film was as much about like, oh... People like Ricardo Montalban, so let's get him back. And... Well, my understanding, part of it came from the fact that Myers, Nicholas, the director-writer, wasn't super familiar with Star Trek. Mm. And so watching... We, we discussed this. It wasn't Myers. <laughs> it was the producer. Oh, the producer wasn't familiar or something. Anyway, sat down, watched a bunch of it, and was like, I want to follow up on that. So, I mean, it had something to it, I guess. I mean, it is kind of, when you think about it, weird that they're just like, well, we've unfrozen this terrible war criminal. Let's give him a little planet. See what happens. It's like, yeah, I mean, even if it, the planet hadn't exploded, <laughs> not sure what would have happened. Probably nothing great. I feel like they just would have kept being assholes and found a way off the planet and started conquering again. Yeah, and let's do it again in, into darkness. Because uh, if we did it once, we can do it again and people will still like it, right? What a piece of shit right? that movie was. <laughs> that, is actually, that, that is interesting because with that one, they put them back into stasis. Don't know what their long-term plan is. But then, of course, TNG has that time they find those three yabos in a space station or something. Oh, the three neutral yabos. Yeah. Oh, is that that's the neutral zone? That's the neutral Jesus, zone. Jesus, wow. That's there a... was too much happening in that episode. Yeah. I just remember there's the annoying country singer. Yep, that dick. The horrible businessman. And uh, the, like, housefrau who had bonitis or whatever. <laughs> 
but actually got it cured. Good old Bonitis. Oh, we, if we wake her up now, we've already cured Bonitis. Yeah. We, we can just bring her back. But yeah, I forgot that was part of the neutral zone. I just remember finding the whole plot line with the frozen people stupid. I mean, so this isn't, like, you know, obviously Space Seed in that episode are both, like, people from the past. Mm. But you also have... People from the future? People from the present. Oh. In, in like, one Oh yeah! Oh, that's a good example. Yeah, yeah, it's a cryo episode. Yeah, they put them in, put themselves in cryo so that Seven can have an identity crisis. <laughs> yep. Oh, no, that's oh. a different episode. Oh, oh fucking okay. damn you, uh, Brat. The thaw. Yeah, the thaw. Yeah, thaw. yeah we just we just mentioned was, the thaw. Was, was stasis, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and that was another one where it's like, oh, we could, it was supposed to wake us up way earlier, and it fucking didn't. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was like uh, stasis with a stupid matrix. Yes. Well, very un- unsettling. Like, who designed that? Didn't what was the base? It was like there because it malfunctioned. That's why that happened, or something. I don't remember. It was like the the computer was supposed to be monitoring the service and when it was livable. And yeah, I think something went wrong with it, or and that's why some it weird thing became this terror clown in charge. Yeah, and then the terror clown gained sentience, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was clown. literal fear. The Terror Clown Gained Sentience. That should have been the episode title. That would have been a much better title than for the Thaw. The, for the much world more... is hollow and the, the Terror Clown has gained sentience. <laughs> now, are we strictly talking like literally like stasis chamber kind of thing? What 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 else is there? Uh, oh, transporter fully, buffer stasis? Fully ma- woolly mammoth? Oh. Whatever O'Brien was doing when he was in fake jail. Mind prison. Well, that was that was a... Basically, an extended dream sequence. I'm thinking specifically though of Scotty. That's a, yeah. I think that's a transporter oh, accident. Oh right. Okay. Have we done that's that fair. yet? There wasn't an accident. He did it intentionally. Yeah, but his friend died. Well, well right. But that's because that, the yeah. Well, that's because you can't make a, an omelet without breaking a few eggs. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Do you want to include relics? I think it's I think it's in the same spirit as it's a way it's a way to put yourself it's, just, it's, a, it's different, a different it's a different yourself a different way. Yeah, it's a different technology to accomplish the same thing. Okay, I'll allow it then. Which they then use in the Devore episode. Oh, yeah, they oh. hit people. That's how they hide people. Yeah. They put yeah, them in just... the transporter buffer for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Which they mentioned the Devore in one of the episodes, actually. Yeah, it was they? this one. Yeah, it was like... They were like, oh, we just left those assholes. Yeah, we hope you're not telepaths. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, we have this old planet. Oh, yeah, that's owned by the Devore now. They, yeah, they suck. Stay away. I mean, that one guy might bang you, but... Mm. I was gonna throw out their um, the ship that um, fucking uh, Jankum. Ja- yeah, Jankum yeah, is on. yeah, our prodigy. Boy Jankum. Yeah, that's it. Makes him such an interesting character. Like, really, that's what Prodigy yeah. does. Prodigy like it throws you a curveball. Yeah, it deepens the characters in, in good ways because it's a more serially show. Delicious. Um, uh, I got two two that are kind of connected that, that I'll say in that they were. Uh, people like people who were cryo frozen and were like, oh no, if they wake up, they'll not realize that we're, we've made peace. Uh, and that was in the emissary when we meet Kalar. Mm-hmm. There was a Klingon oh, ship that you know right. the people were in cryo and they were scheduled to wake up. And when they wake up, they're gonna th- attack the Federation. I forgot all about that. We have to convince them not to. I forgot that was the plot of that one. Yeah, and then they did the they did a similar thing in Empok Nor. 
when we go and, oh, yeah, and, and Garrett goes and has soldiers. a horror show. That's right. There were some Cardassians in cryo. That's a fucking... And we'll, we woke them up. Yeah, that's a good episode from what I recall. Oh, yeah, that was a great episode. A little on the nose with the board game, but aside from that... The fucking board game. Yeah, fuck that board game. <laughs> fucking terrible use of the fucking cryostasis. This is the 37s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bad, bad. Bad, bad stasis. Well, let's, let's put Amelia Earhart in stasis, and that's where she's been this whole time. Ta-da! For fuck reasons. Fuck you. Were there any other sleeper ship episode to... What about that one with the space Irish? Was that a sleeper ship? No, or? they were just a colony ship. Right, yeah, that right, was a right. colony ship. Oh, sleeper ships. That, that, we didn't see it, but it got mentioned because we knew that Harry Kim's uncle. That's right. Yes, was, uh, was flying a sleeper ship. Woke up, took one look around, said, "Nope, Fine. we're going home again. Yeah. I'm not going to tell anybody." <laughs> good night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's um, funny. I mean, it's a terrible episode, but it was a funny story from that episode. That's, uh, that scene was great. I loved that scene. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there aren't a lot of other like ones where it's like the pivotal part of the story, but there's a couple yeah. other mentions. Okay. Like in uh, one of our favorites from TNG, Face of the Enemy, where Ro- uh, Troy gets to be a Romulan for a day. Oh, that's right. They've got like a defector in stasis or something. Yeah, right? they're, they're right. transporting their defector that's in stasis. That's the whole point. Yeah. And that's a good, that's an interesting use of the stasis because it's a way to like, you know, you treat the person as a good and that way you can get through all the various Romulan checkpoints and shit. Also proof that if you fucking gave her a good script, Seardis would do good work. Yeah, let's see how she does in Picard season three. She'll be in I said pre- good I, script. My prediction is she'll be in it for 10 minutes of screen time. You gonna start a stopwatch? I mean, I just don't, I just, don't I just like, because she doesn't show up in a lot of the previews that i've seen we mostly see Riker and crusher and crusher and Worf. so my expectation oh god they're gonna fucking kill her aren't they they're gonna kill somebody they might kill her but i expect she won't be in it for very much and i also expect that lavar burton will also not show up a lot because we don't see that much of him in the previews as well mm. i think he'll be off doing something else we'll see him isn't his but... daughter in it too yes yeah That'll be as nice. his daughter that's kind of cute yeah, but those are my predictions. Well, this is interesting because by the time this airs, we'll already be a couple weeks into new Picard That's episodes. a good point, yeah. So in the future, we'll already know what's going on and look back at this and say, ha ha, you some fools, of it, at least. You, thought, you thought there was potential here. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, speaking of potential, so we got also, um, good God, this episode. All right, so in Deep Space Nine, The Abandoned, Quark finds a baby Jem'Hadar... Because he just bought a random, like, bunch of crap that included a cryostasis chamber that had a baby Jem'Hadar in it. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I guess our boy Odo was sort of in stasis, wasn't he? I don't know. He, he was just floating in space. Yeah, I guess they weren't clear he wasn't, on... Yeah, he wasn't really activated. Yeah, he was, he was, he was just, he was, didn't, hadn't he achieved really, consciousness. But he wasn't, like, yeah, 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 no, you're right. Yeah, I would say that's more like, that's less stasis and more hibernating. I mean, like, yeah. Baby Yodo. Baby Yoda. Uh, Baby Yodo was <laughs> was just like in a necklace sort of deal, or like a tube. Not a necklace, no, it was like a, it was like a little Oh, bird, the one, the one face. That, that he tries to raise. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't also really stasis, but it was just kind of like 
in there. Well, they, at first they thought it was, like, dead, I think, yeah. right? Wasn't then he, they like, realized... a puddle or something when they found him? No, he was in a jar. It was in a jar? I don't remember. Because like I think someone... Didn't someone... Jar. Oh, Quark, someone sold it to Quark him. Quark bought it. Right, yeah. right, right. Quark gave it to Odo as, like, a... Yeah. This, you should have this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't handle another baby I've accidentally bought. <laughs> yeah, no, I think... <laughs> there was a puddle on a different planet... Yeah, I think that's the first Morapol episode. That yeah, that, that's the one where he de- Jekyll and hides. I yeah, think. that's that weird fucking thing. Yeah. The alternate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Um. Yeah, a couple other little little mentions. There's a few future, you know, other than Dragon Teeth, which we talked about today, and how God, these people put them back in cryo, please. <laughs> should never have woken them up. I mean, <laughs> or, what's the difference if we're saying we shouldn't? What's the difference in leaving them in cryo permanently and just turning off the cryo tube? That's yeah. This thing, it's like there's oh, what's God. what's the solution? Like you can't like yet. Yeah, we know it's bad to genocide a bunch of people, but at the same time, we don't want these people getting out because they're gonna fuck shit up. Um, what, what does Prime Directive? Say. Prime Directive says... Oh, sorry, we... I can't hear you, Prime Directive. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. Well, that's, exactly. that's, that's kind of like sort of what they pulled with Khan and his people. It's like, no, no, we're going to take the high ground. We're not going to slaughter all of you. We're just going to put you in stasis on a ship that we're going to shoot randomly into space and just kind of hope the systems fail or you fall into a sun or whatever. This yeah. is an Into Darkness... No, 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 just a re- just space seed. Space like, seed. How, how, they put them on the planet. No, no. no yeah, they, how no, sorry, they ended the, up on the button. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, the, the, okay. The people it, of Earth it, in it, the it, past, it. sorry. Yes. yes, no, not not Shatner. The exposition Earth. to that episode. Yes, yeah, gotcha. the, the, the lore. Here's a... I don't know if this would count as stasis, but... Oh, God. Um, a cave under San Francisco where you mm. store a head for several hundred years. Yeah, that's a little different. Tur- turning something off, I think, doesn't... Yeah, yeah. I, I think Data is exempt from stasis. God, fucking, uh, though, related. Bender was awake for his. Mm. <laughs> Bender, what was it like being a hole in the ground for 900 years? Ah, oh, great, till you came along. <laughs> wow, that was a terrible that Bender. I'm awful. so sorry. I don't know what that was. That was like a bad impression of the first episode, Bender, and it still wasn't good. I can't do better. Um, I mean, the entire to. plot of Futurama is based around cryostasis. Ah, uh, yeah. True. True. Uh, yes, we'll Futurama, make the, list. <laughs> the best, the, the best Star Trek episode. It of usually the is. Uh, a couple other ones where they're mentioned uh, in the episode Vortex, uh, which is about that guy who t- sells Odo a key that's made of changeling goo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it turns out he's just trying to go find his daughter. Da- that's right! He had left his daughter in stasis on Forgot some planet somewhere. One. And, I don't know, that whole episode's very strange. Oh, and actually, since we decided to allow it, and, you know, I'll put a spoiler tag, Strange New Worlds, Dr. Mbenga putting his daughter in buffer stasis. Okay, yeah, yeah. if we're counting buffers, we'll count uh, Mbenga's daughter. They put the like whole discovery crew in buffers for a day at one point in season three or four. I can't remember which one. Oh, was this the one where Owo got to go save the day for a fucking change because she could hold her breath better than other people? Genuinely don't remember which one it was. I okay. just know there was an episode where they all went into stasis. Sure. I don't Buffer remember. Buffer Yeah. I don't feel like looking it up either. So no, it may not make the list. <laughs> that's fucking fair. <laughs> it's so interesting how by the time we get to... TNG, the buffer stasis thing is like, oh my god, what a crazy idea this old man came up with. No one has ever thought of this before, but apparently we did it in Strange New Worlds, and the Discovery people knew how to do it. Well, Well, that's a future Discovery episode. Yeah, but did they 
It's possible. I assume that they already knew that that was a thing. Uh, we don't know. We don't know if maybe one of them read about Scotty's exploits. But if they, but if Owo has been doing it for years, or not Owo, uh, Mbenga. Mbenga's been doing it for years with the daughter. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it could be a thing, like, if he didn't tell anyone, Scotty had to independently rediscover it. And that was, it seems like, a pretty big secret. Unless Scotty was on the Enterprise at this time, and... Well, he, he knew about it. He wasn't, but we do know him and Mbenga did overlap. That's true. They yeah. That's so true, yeah, because Mbenga was in the um, yeah. episode. So yeah, no, I mean, could be. Slaps Spock harder, chap. Yeah, <laughs> he loves it. Who's to say he doesn't invent it? Hmm. Turns yeah, out it's, it's a yeah, aluminum. Benga that invented <laughs> uh, invented transporter buffer stasis. Yes. Tell me about. I know in Enterprise we see some. Con-like people. Oh God, we are though. Are they in cryo and bullshit happens? Because it's I, it was mentioned in the in memory art, memory alpha article, but I don't know the episode. I think they weren't. I think basically someone had some frozen embryos. Yeah, there was embryos somewhere oh. that someone else found. Uh, data. And yes. Probably. <laughs> well, I, I, mm, guess what? Yeah, I know. Oh, no, I know that. I know that. So uh, I think, uh, like, there was some line. genetic material in storage that he used to make new ones. After he was, uh... Yeah, yeah. So that's... That, exactly that, that's so yes and no? Cool. But I don't know if... I don't know if I'd count frozen embryos as stasis, because that's just, like... Because we, yeah. we do that today. Yeah. Like, that's not future that's, tech. Yeah, no, I guess not. And embryos aren't people. Yes, exactly. We see. Don't tell that to a conservative. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Like we have them listening to the podcast. I'm trying to remember if there's anybody listening to the podcast. Yeah, people. I know. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I can't remember if there's any explicit cryo in Enterprise. It feels like there should be. There's an episode. It's uh, the. the, It's called Precious Cargo. I'll look into if it makes the cut. It'll be on the blog post. TBD. Just remembered one. Uh, Is it Cold Station Twelve? No. It's not Enterprise. Oh. It's, it's a TNG we forgot. Oh. Fucking uh, Franka Jansen there. Oh. She was in stasis. Not for long, but they were yeah, keeping her in stasis me. until she was supposed to get sold off. Mm. She was being treated like cargo, like that Romulan. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. Yes. Point Chris. <clears throat> yeah, Sir, job. we see Janeway and Chakotay in cryopods very briefly, very briefly. When, we, when we send them down to Resolution's planet where yeah. they can befriend that monkey. The greatest episode ever because it gave us our tub running gag. I'm glad. I'm glad of that. (laughs) And establishes like, because that was was one thing I brought up that I forgot to. When we were watching um, Star Trek. Dragon's Teeth. Okay. (laughs) Uh, When when the guy was like, have your your people, (laughs) have your people ever thought about, you know, just settling down somewhere? And I was like, yes, Commander Chakotay every 15 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Really wants to build more tubs. Yep, that brought Chris, that up. Chris too. went on an extended dialogue about the I did different the number of different tub designs that shocked even Seven, Ooh, who has foot. who has of course you know through um oh my god Borg Borg nanoprobes no 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 what are they Star Trek what are they Star Trek <laughs> the hive mind no 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 when they Star incorporate Trek. when they incorporate somebody into their, assimilating yeah oh, through yeah, assimilation yeah. that was the word yeah, thing, so I was I, really I struggling went with on that. about how Chakotay had designed more tubs Star Trek <laughs> Chakotay had designed more <laughs> tubs monsters. than the collective had in its entire database 
somehow. Yes. Yay. Sorry for struggling with the word assimilation. I know, I've done, I've done the same fucking thing. Star Trek? So wait, <laughs> did I think on Memory Alpha didn't? Yeah. So, fuck you, nerds. I'm the better nerd. Yeah, the, the whole cryo list on on start on Memory Alpha is very bizarre and that I had to click through, okay, cryo sleep, here's a list. Cryopods, here's a list. Mm. And it's like, okay, I have to really work to find the examples. And the last one that I'll bring up is from Voyager Fair Trade because we learn, this is the one where Neelix's friend Wixaban and he are trying to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And they learn the punishment for crimes on right. that planet is we stick you in cryo for X many years. Like Demolition Man. It doesn't even seem like that much of a punishment. But oh. <laughs> you just wake up later and you're like, oh, time you is Wake up later Shit. and you're like, I can only eat at Taco Bell. That's this right, is that, fabulous. would have been the perfect episode. <laughs> So to appear with Demolition Man. Damn it! Fuck. We'll find another one. We do have to do Demolition Man. That'll be a very fun episode. Well, haven't we been talking about doing that for ages? Anyway? We have, and this would have been perfect. Mm. We'll find another. It'll 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 come up. Don't worry. Uh, other things that will come up are other episodes of Voyager. Fucking next week. I hope you're still joining us. All of our new Voyager episodes from... Well, you know I'll be here. 25 years ago. Uh, so next week we're continuing on our voyage, and we are going to watch episodes One Small Step and The Voyager Conspiracy. Not sure how to feel about either of those based on their titles. We'll see you next week. Uh, we'll also see more blogtivities next week. Uh, you can read it up on this one and any of our other great blogs over on our Tumblr. Or just, you know, type in sshbpodcast.com if you don't want to figure it out through Tumblr. But definitely be following there. There's a lot of good stuff. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, as one does in this day and age. And that's fucking it. I'm going back into cryo sleep, guys. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jay. I don't want to go into cryo because my feet will get chilly. This has been Chris. All that staying. (laughs) No one look at Jake. He's being bizarre. Jake has skateboards for eyes. I am. We are not explaining that. We're not taking a photo. Have fun, kids. Yeah. Deal with that as you will. Seems like it would have been a little bit uncomfortable. Wasn't great. (laughs) Not gonna lie.